Sales Paradise, Episode 18. Not only be a good, strong leader, but to be able to develop the people underneath me and um, help them to reach different milestones. So I, I put it together as if it were a novel. So it's written just like a, you know, a story with characters. This is Sales Paradise. Now here's your host, our dad, Chandler Barron. <laughs> On today's episode, we have Michael Sherlock. Michael has been the Vice President of Sales for two different global medical device sales companies, and she's also been the CEO and lead business strategy for a company called Energy Pie. Michael is an executive leader, sales consultant, and an author. Welcome to the show, Michael. Well, thank you very much. It's always a beautiful day in paradise, huh? <laughs> you know that's right. <laughs> Well, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you have blue streaks in your hair. First person I've interviewed here on Sales Paradise like that, and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. At that time, I did. Today, it's green. Um, you never know. It, about every six weeks, I change it up just to keep things interesting. Well, I do the same thing. Uh, every few years, I'll put a little bit more gray in mine. Ah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, go ahead and uh, take us back to when you first got into sales of uh, how, what was the road that led you to sales? It's so funny to think about that because my career has just gone so many different directions, you know, and I actually started after college uh, as a teacher. I was an elementary school teacher. And then that only lasted for about a year because there were not enough positions for teachers. So I ended up going into business and every part of everything I've ever done has been sales related, even if it might not look that way. But, you know, as I was reflecting on some of your questions, I, I always come back to my very, very first paid job at 16 years old. I was a gift wrapper at a jewelry store in my hometown and I for Christmas season. And before Christmas hit, I was actually invited to go out on the floor and sell. And I was selling diamond rings. I was selling Rolex watches, uh, Yadro porcelain. And, you know, there was just a passion in me for learning and selling and having these conversations with people that ended up in sales. <laughs> that uh, It's just been a part of me forever. And I'm, I'm very thankful for all those experiences that have brought me to this path. And, you know, it really is amazing how many sales techniques you use as a teacher. Without a doubt. And same thing, you know, I always talk about with as a parent, because, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm in sales or I'm not really in sales or my job isn't sales. And I'm saying, you know, I, I ask them, you know, if you have ever been a parent and you have to convince your sick child to take medicine that they don't want to, <laughs> it's a sales process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, they need it. You know that they have to have it, but you have to convince them, you know, just like getting them up and getting them dressed to go to school in the morning. Yeah, I always feel like I'm either having to use sales tactics or military tactics. Exactly. And I have been known to use all of those. <laughs> yeah. well, whenever I hear someone uh, describe their leadership style as a servant leader, uh, my first thought is they must be a parent. Without a doubt. No kidding. Yes. And now that I'm at the point where I'm actually a grandmother, it is, uh, it's a really different perspective because I use some vastly different techniques. But every once in a while, I'll give my grandson or my granddaughter the, the look. And, you know, even at almost four and almost two, they know that grandma means business at that point in time. Yeah. <laughs> it's that silent look that exactly. sends chills up to any kids. Exactly. I still got it. 
Well, you know, as um, there's some questions that come up uh, quite often on here, and one of them is, you know, was there any experience that you had um, either early in your career or any time in your career that just was such a disaster that either you were going to no longer continue in sales or it was going to be a ex- learning experience for you? Did you have anything like that? Well, and that's why, you know, um, when I was looking over some of the the questions, you know, to prep for this, that it really made me think about that that job in the jewelry store. And at first, this might not sound sales related, but, you know, it was my first real big job and it was in a sales environment. And one day I was going to work and I'd only been there for maybe a month and um, I was uh, getting ready to walk out the door and my parents looked at me with horror on their face and they're like, what are you wearing? And I was wearing a brand new sweater and a brand new pair of jeans. And I didn't, and I remember my mom saying, honey, I don't think that's what you should wear to your job in a jewelry store. And I said, oh, mom, it's fine. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, you know, I, they're brand new and I look great. And you know, that, that, uh, 16 year old, uh, vision where, you know, everything, and I remember I got to work because it was, you know, half an hour away uh, drive. And I, I came in and the manager of the jewelry store, he was busy doing something. And I, you know, got to work and I got started. And then he said, I need to talk to you. And he pulled me into the break room and he said, I need to tell you that what you're wearing, although you look nice, is not appropriate. Um, we expect you to be dressed up. We have a certain perception. You know, you've got people coming in to spend a lot of money. And I was mortified. I remember just being so embarrassed because I didn't intentionally do that to be disrespectful. And he knew that, which is why I think he, he talked to me the way he did, but I was just mortified. And he said, you know, I I want you to go home and change and come back. And I did, you know, I clocked out, I went home. I said, you know, my parents thankfully said nothing, (laughs) (laughs) but it, um, because of the way I handled that and I apologized and, and where I went from that and how I came to work every day after that and how I consumed knowledge and asked questions and watched the sales processes is exactly why I then was offered the opportunity to learn to sell. And I sold there, uh, I worked there all through high school and even college when I'd come home um, from college on breaks that, that, you know, my manager was calling and saying, can you work two weeks? We got to cover somebody's, you know, vacation um, or all summer long because he knew the professionalism I had and the dedication to my job. But I had to prove it to him, and I definitely had to prove it to myself that I could be better than I was walking in in jeans. <laughs> oh, and I met your mom wanted so desperately to say, oh, I told you so, or, you know. Oh, she wanted to so badly. <laughs> <laughs> she might still yeah, today I <laughs> if I asked her. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be on the next Christmas card to you. At, exactly. Uh, I told you so. Yeah. She's going to hear the podcast, <laughs> and it's going to bring up all these memories. <laughs> oh, God, yes, she will. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going through the chapters of your book, uh, Tell Me More, which I do want you to tell me more about Tell Me More. (laughs) But one of your chapters was um, about the pudding is the proof. Um, I just wanted to ask you, is that uh, banana pudding that you're referring to? (laughs) Butterscotch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Tell Me More is my first uh, published book, and it's a book on leadership. And it's my it's my led basically my concept of how I led people. And I have uh, led some very large sales organizations with hundreds and hundreds of people and been responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, through those experiences, I really had to develop myself 
to not only be a good, strong leader, but to be able to develop the people underneath me and um, help them to reach different milestones. So I, I put it together as if it were a novel. So it's written just like a, you know, a story with characters. Um, but, you know, the concepts of tell me more for me are my guiding principles in a lot of things in life. And it really comes down to three things. Number one, that if we truly actively listen to people, and that means not just with our ears, but with our eyes, that we're not trying to think of the next question we're going to answer or, you know, ask, or we're not trying to think of how to, you know, dispute what somebody's just said, or we're not trying to think about how we've got to give them the right answer, but we truly listen. It opens up our minds and our opportunities. And then from what we hear, we can take all those pieces of information and basically unpack them and look at them all over the floor. You know, and I always say kind of like an unpacked suitcase or a suitcase that's so full that you have to sit on it to try and to try and zip it. Um, that, you know, that's usually because there's so many pieces of information that are, are jumbled. But if you take those things out and you lay them out on the ground, you can see what do I need? What do I need to take? Do I need a bigger suitcase? In other words, you find you find the solutions based on really stepping back from things. And that's that's the concept of the book. And it, it's fun, too, because I'll publish my second book this fall. And I'm actually going to do a second edition of the first book, but the the um, second book carries through one of the main characters. And so my themes kind of pull and grow on each other. And this the the second book is called Sales Mixology. And it's, you know, it's definitely a sales focused book, but with a really different um, different slant on it. And I think it all comes down at the end of the day to looking and, and listening to the people around us and, and treating them with the utmost respect in a way that we don't always do today because of, you know, a lot of reasons, but a lot of it also because we're so focused on ourselves and our technology that we forget we've got a whole world of people out there that are human beings we need to actually interact with. <laughs> you know, it's funny. This actually sounds like it would be good for marriage as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all the <laughs> yeah. same things. I kept thinking that's important. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yes. And, and, and that's the thing. I The concepts, especially in Tell Me More, have a lot of personal applications as well. And and it's important that we that we stop long enough to really look and listen to the people around us because we'll learn something in the process as well. well you know, I, I think another thing that's really important about uh, your take on this is that, like you said, you're not saying that um, technology and everything's not important, but as that's becoming a bigger part of our lives, personally and even in business, it's it's important not to forget about you know the interpersonal relationships and and how to do that. I think many times we forget how to do that. Absolutely, and you know I'll give you an example. So oh, and I apologize because my I can't figure out how to get the ringer off my uh, computer, so that is distracting. <laughs> but, but while I'm doing this interview with you, everything else is shut down off my desktop. So I don't, I don't see my emails popping up. Obviously I get a, I get a sound. <laughs> so that's, that's distracting, but I don't see emails. My phone is turned over and turned off. My iPad is turned over and turned off. I want the focus of these 30 minutes just to be a conversation with you and I, I don't want anything else to come in the way of that. And, you know, there's too many times when, you know, you are, people are, are multitasking. So maybe they're on the phone with a customer, but they're, they're constantly, you know, got one eye on whether or not there's an email popping in. 
Well, then how can you give that customer everything they need in order to continue and facilitate a great sales relationship as well as an individual relationship? And that's where I see that balance between we need technology and it's great and it's offered so much to us, but sometimes it gets in the way with us actually connecting at the level that really moves things to a a total another level. Yeah, that focus part, it's, it's, it's amazing how, you know, when we do watch news or we watch things on TV, like you said, many times we are multitasking so many things. And, you know, I'm used to watching them, even when I'm in the movie theater, um, I have to fight not to, you know, check my phone. Um, mm-hmm. I think many times we, as we've learned to multitask a little better than we used to, we still have to realize that focus, whether it's to that person or anything. And now I actually feel bad that while we're doing this interview, I was actually watching Born Identity on another <laughs> screen. <laughs> and so now I'm turning that off. <laughs> oh my gosh, you just tattled on yourself. No. That is awesome. No, <laughs> no. That would be so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so if you hear <laughs> Jason Bourne yeah, going, Jason no. Bourne in the background, you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, what if, um, tell, me, tell me about the. Um, you know, some of the different chapters. I, I, I am curious, I hate to, to go down, you know, the first chapter being the busier, the better. But um, as far as, you know, you can talk about that. But also, I do kind of want to know what's in that pudding is the proof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so, you know, the concept of my story is this is in the beginning, I have two characters that meet. One is a speaker and an author who's written a book called Tell Me More. And one is a woman who is now assuming the role of CEO of a very large sales organization. And so the as they meet, uh, the the speaker is a speaker in a conference. And, and the other woman, whose name is Maria, is uh, kind of her moderator for this um, session that she's leading in this large conference. And so the the crux of the whole story is that Maria is knows she has to take her organization through a lot of change. And so there's there's fears and trepidations and there's, you know, there's lots of different dynamics with people. And so she learns this concept from the speaker, whose name is Jane Smith. And Jane Smith just happens to have crazy funny hair and wear great (laughs) shoes and written a book called Tell Me More. Um, But both Maria and Jane are a part of me. You know, each one of those characters are are a part of who I am. But the concepts of Tell Me More come from Jane to Maria. And then Maria takes that and pulls that through her organization. So all the different chapters are really about, you know, from the busier, the better is, you know, Maria is sitting there, um, you know, doing other things on her phone, realizing that she misses all these other, you know, conference speakers before she goes to meet Jane. And it's that realization of what am I here for? Am I here to be only on my phone and not, you know, even though I'm not at work? Um, or am I here to learn and be here and be present in this day? So over the course of the book, she takes the lessons from Jane and tries to apply them to her business. And so my concept of the pudding is in the proof is a little bit of that. Sometimes the ends, you know, really play out and, and teach you that the process really was worth it. So in the end, you know, her pudding is, is, um, that she is able to get her company through this change. She's able to, you know, Uh, make the nice transition from the outgoing CEO to her. And she's able to get her team to recognize their leadership within themselves. So to me, it's it's really about, I like to do a lot of play on words. I, I write a blog every day called thoughts from the coffee table. And the reason that I have that 
that name is because every day I start out my day walking my husband to work if I'm home, um, if I'm not traveling. And I'm always thinking about, okay, what's my post going to be about today? And I usually decide for sure when I sit down and put my coffee cup on the coffee table in the morning. But I play with a lot of words and phrases um, to get people to think about sales and leadership from a little bit maybe less serious perspective sometimes, but always with something that drives it home. And that's what I try to do in that book. And that's definitely what I'm pulling through in the second book is, you know, some serious topics, but with a little bit of whimsy that should make you at least have some fun with them. Yeah, I love the concept. And I, and I like as far as even as far as part of you meeting the other part of you, even though it's not spelled <laughs> out, but you know. I know. What's the psychological interpretation of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and are, are both of the, the, the characters, um, do one of them have different color hair than the other? or <laughs> <laughs> Only Jane has the crazy color hair. Oh. Maria is a little bit more subtle than that. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm sure when you're out there teaching some of the sales teams, you see some of the same mistakes come up um, over and over. What Absolutely. are some of those? Well, and if you don't mind, I'll, I just was thinking too, just from a sales perspective, because if you think about quote unquote mistakes or things I've seen, one of the, the elements with all the I work with a number of different companies and, you know, that are sales focused in a lot of different areas. But the one thing that I see is people's hesitancy to ask for the business. And I don't mean be aggressive and I don't mean be annoying. I mean, ask for the business because, you know, there's this sense of, you know, we get so far in a negotiation and then I don't hear back. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to send them an email and I'm going to say, Hey, I don't know how that's going, but are you thinking about it? What do you want to do? And I say, why did you email? Well, because I wanted to check in. Why did you email? Well, because I wanted to see if they remembered, you know, why did you email until I finally say, do you hear the question? I keep asking, why did you email? How about pick up the phone and call? An email is so easy to ignore, but a phone call, you have to deal with it at some point in time. And it doesn't mean be aggressive. And it doesn't, you know, all these things that people think, oh my gosh, I can't do that. That's going to push the envelope. If you ask somebody for the business and they say no, then you know, the answer is no for now. Okay, move on or come back. But if you don't, you never know. So you're constantly in limbo, which lowers people's sense of self-esteem and their confidence for the next interaction. I don't care if somebody says no, then I know I'm not going to keep bugging them. <laughs> Let's go on. It's not the end of the world for me. <laughs> well, you know, right now I'm actually in hindsight starting to rethink how I proposed to my wife as far as by email. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have rethought that or maybe um, listened to you beforehand. Yeah, no, but that's so unique. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I kept getting an out-of-office reply. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, we're at now at the part of the show where I go through some uh, rapid-fire questions. It's the last call. Okay. A lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? I am so ready. All right. Well, tell me, do you have any type of morning routine? I do. I actually do three things every day. Um, and I, when I do, I give myself literally a gold star on my calendar. I have to exercise for at least 30 minutes. I meditate and I write in my journal every day. Oh, impressive. Well, what about a book? Do you have a book that you'd like to recommend? Uh, besides my own book, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and your upcoming book. <laughs> and my upcoming book. There's a book that I think is really interesting. It's called The Outward Mindset, Seeing Beyond Ourselves. And it's by a 
company called the Arbinger Institute. And it's really about um, a lot of the concepts that, that I believe in, but it raises so many good thoughts with me. In fact, I'm getting ready to read it a second time if I can get through all my folded pages and uh, handwritten notes. But it's really about making sure that what we do, we look from the perspective of other people, not just our own selfish needs. I like that. Well, okay, now it's time for you to quote your favorite quote. My favorite quote is, this is actually my own quote, (laughs) and I don't know when I started this, but it's been at least 15 years, but I always say, no one's sense of urgency ever matches my own. And what I mean by that is sometimes I want things fast, but somebody else doesn't want to deliver it that fast, or sometimes somebody wants something from me right now, and that's not on my time frame. So I always just think, you know, you never know what goes on behind anybody else's four walls, but... If your urgency levels don't match and you can't communicate about it, somebody's going to be frustrated. That's a good point. What about charity? Do you have uh, any charity that you'd like to share? You know, there's a number that I like, but right now I'm very passionate about this Adopt-A-Family USVI. So it's Adopt-A-Family for the U.S. Virgin Islands. And uh, they started this. I just interviewed them for my podcast that aired yesterday, actually, and the gals are fabulous. Um, I got involved a couple months ago myself, uh, and they have another segment called Adopt-A-Classroom. And they're all about helping people in the U.S. Virgin Islands that are still suffering from being hit by back-to-back hurricanes. And it's even more passionate to me now because hurricane season starts again June 1st. And after being in the British Virgin Islands over Christmas myself, seeing the devastation to those islands, it's just outrageous. (laughs) And they need a lot of help. So I've been very, very passionate about them. Okay, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. You bet. Well, um, I I don't know, it may be your book, but what, uh, as far as this upcoming year, what most excites you? A couple of things. Uh, the the books, uh, the relaunch of the first book and the uh, the launch of my second book are going to keep me crazy busy in the fall. I'm very, very excited. I have a lot of large conferences that I'm already booked speaking at starting uh, in August. Um, I really tried to not book too much over this summer so I could finish the book and kind of enjoy some, uh, some time. But I am um, going to also have three different online summits that it will start on in the fall. So that'll be some different ways to reach people. It's it's just to me this opportunity to have technology and be able to speak and train and connect with people without even having to leave my own home sometimes, which is yeah. which is something else entirely. It's just amazing. So I feel very, very blessed to be doing what I'm doing right now and and just can't wait to see what's around the next corner. And they don't have to leave their home either. Exactly. We can all be in our pajamas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have to at least put on a top that looks good, but I can have my pajama bottoms and fuzzy slippers. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my fuzzy slippers on right now. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been so nice to have you join us here in Sales Paradise. Uh, Michael Sherlock, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I have two websites. I have shockyourpotential.com and I have shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. So my business entity is Shock Your Potential. And so there's, you'll see a book with that title coming out at some (laughs) time. But that's really um, the fun for me of trying to help people see where they, where and what they can achieve when they really try to shock their own potential. So that's a great way to find me. You can find me at Michael S. Speaks on uh, Instagram and Michael Sherlock speaks on Twitter. I, either that or they're mixed up. One of those two. <laughs> find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm learning about all this uh, social media stuff every day. <laughs> well, thanks so much again, Michael, for joining us here in Sales Paradise. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it greatly. 